Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the collaboration between the Beautiful Game Podcast and Eurosport. We're talking the Euros. It's myself, Ola, from Eurosport. I'm joined by uh, Dot and I'm joined by Dej. How are you guys doing? Very well, Ola. How are you, brother? Good, thank Stepping you. Stepping in thank today. You. you know, legit, I've taken off the bib. The manager's called me up. I'm feeling good and ready and warm. Hopefully I'll warm up into the game and uh, have a good one. Good show. Yeah, you're having a good start. Looking forward to this one. You know, this is where, this is the business end of the competition. Like, this is the cutoff point for the also runs. And this is where, you know, we see what teams are about. Exactly, exactly. So, yes, like you said, we have just finished the uh the group stages of the euros it's been an incredible tournament so far especially the ending like uh, yeah. the last games between uh germany and france and everyone else has been insane and incredible um so let's just like lightly touch upon the group stages as a whole have you found it so far what have you meant made of the the 2014 to- uh set up as well um yeah have you found it it's been okay. I'm, I'm not going to say the group stages have been amazing. I'm not going to sit here and wax lyrical about the group stages, but I think it's been okay. We've seen, you know, a few good performances. We've seen quite a few bad performances. We've seen um, refereeing mistakes. We've seen VAR mistakes. But that's football. That's the modern game. Mm. Um, I think in terms of who's been impressive, I would say Italy. Um, I think... Germany have been okay, not amazing. I don't think France have been amazing. I don't think any team have been amazing, if I'm being totally honest. I think Netherlands have looked good, but the quality of opposition hasn't been great. So I think the good teams probably start off slow and they get better as the tournament goes on. And my one worry about someone like Italy that have been amazing in the group stages is have they peaked too early? So Mm. that's going to be interesting to see how they do in the knockout stages. Also, another thing about, we mentioned Germany, France and Portugal, but this is a group containing European champions, world champions. And I think these are the type of games that will prove dividends later on in the tournament, because when you look at other teams, you know, like Italy playing against inferior opposition, having that elite game preparation normally bodes you well, but as Dot mentioned, we've seen like the good, the bad and the ugly. <laughs> Obviously, we've seen the Ericsson incident. Thank God he's okay. 
We've seen goalkeeping clangers, you know, the yeah. the other day. Oh, <laughs> wow. And it's been sort of like a late burner. We've seen teams take that tactical approach. England, especially scoring two goals, not conceding any goals. And we've seen the Netherlands. They remind me of like a Leeds. They're attacking mm. you for 90 minutes. They're leaving gaps to the back. But <laughs> that's what you want to see in tournament football. So we're going to see this, you know, rise to the top. And this next few round of fixtures is going to be very interesting to see. Exactly, exactly. We always want a healthy dose of chaos and magic yeah. within tournament football. And yeah. I think we're getting that with this tournament. Um, talking about uh, former world champions, we've got Germany and we've got England. England qualified top of their group. Um, they faced Germany. Germany finished third, right? I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's playing at Wembley on Tuesday. Uh, as we're Runners up, now. I believe. Runners up. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. And um, it is... It's, it's a huge game. It's actually quite interesting. I've seen the Discord online. Um, England versus Germany isn't a big game for Germans as much as it is for the English contingent um, over here. But it's always going to be a massive game with the quality of the two sides as well. How do you guys see this one going? Do you think England have a good chance? Do you think Germany would be definitely too much? I like how Kai Herberts is playing. I know my man's warming up into, into his football again. And he scares me, man. I really like him. So I don't know. What are you guys thinking? This is a very, very interesting game. You know, you've got England that have navigated the group stages cautiously, I would say. But when you get that three points on the board very early, you can sort of fall into that mentality of we're halfway there. We don't have to fully exert ourselves. And that's what we saw in the old enemy clash against Scotland. Obviously against Czech Republic, we saw a new sort of fearless England with Saka, Grealish, running and committing defenders. And that's more of what I want to see against Germany. But I have a feeling that Gareth Southgate is going to be much more pragmatic. I don't see Jack Grealish starting, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think Mason Mount will probably come in. And I think Bakaya Saka has earned the right to continue playing. But in terms of Germany, they're a strange one. They're one of those teams that either get knocked out in the group stages or they have a late dash into the competition. And as I said earlier, they've had the benefit of playing those acid test teams. As I mentioned, Portugal, Euros winners, France, world winners, Hungary. You know, they're an underdog, but they defend with men against the ball. I mean, Germany had 75 attacking actions against Hungary and Hungary only had 20 something. So that shows that Germany maybe aren't as potent as they should be. And I think in the transition phases of the game, they're very vulnerable. You know, they've got... You know, Max Hummels, he's not, you know, a spring chicken anymore. Gundogan, Tony Cruz, these are players that if you can turn the game into some sort of athletic match, mm. you've got a chance of coming out on top. And that midfield battle is going to be key. You know, Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips, I think maybe Mason Mount against Gundogan and Tony, Tony Cruz. England probably can't out-football them, but they can press them, hurry them into mistakes. And I think that's going to be the key battle. What Dej just said there is scaring me, if I'm being totally honest, <laughs> because I think if Jack Grealish doesn't start, England deserve to go out because, <laughs> because it just shows the thinking of the manager. It's more, look, we're going to be reactive instead of actually going out there and being proactive. And if you're going to win major tournaments, you have to attack the game. You see the best managers in the world in big games, they attack the game. They don't be pragmatic. They don't sit back. They say, you know what? We're going to show we're good enough on the ball. We're going to take the game to you. 
I've said it multiple times. Jack Grealish is England's best player. You have to get your best player on the football pitch because but I agree player. with you. But the evidence that we've seen from Gareth Southgate over his tenure in terms of England, we want Jack Grealish to start. I think the nation want him to start, but I don't think Southgate starts him. I think he has to start. I, I think he has to start. I think he's an is is actually a no brainer because when you look at it, Mason Mount and Phil Foden deservedly got their opportunities to start at the beginning of the tournament. They didn't start one game, they started both games, and none of them really grasped the opportunity. Jack Grealish, Bakaya Saka come in for their first games of the tournament, starting, and they impact the game. They combine for the goal. Brilliant run think... from deep from Saka, gives it to Jack Grealish, beats his man, crosses it, and goal. And we but the issue with The issue with Jack Grealish... Or I won't say there's an issue from Southgate is the fact of tracking back. There was a game I remember a few months ago when he sort of compared Mason Mount and Jack Grealish. He was like, yeah, on and off the ball, Mason Mount, he's a joy. Yes, on the ball, Jack Grealish, he's phenomenal, out of this world. Against a team like Germany at the top level of the game where games are decided on those minute details, will he hang his hat and say, I'm going to start Jack Grealish? I don't think so. I agree with that, but that's why you have Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips to cover those gaps. So you give someone like a Jack Grealish the freedom to express himself because at the end of the day, he's the one England player that can just win you a game in any second. Yes, we all know Harry Kane is world-class, but Jack Grealish brings something that no one brings to this England team. I think Mason Mount is sort of like that halfway house between an attacker and defensive. And I think... Judging by what we've seen from Southgate, he's going to stick to a more pragmatic start. There may be 65, 70 minutes into the game. If it's evenly poised, he might bring on Jack Grealish to try and win the game. Yeah, one thing that we we all know is that we cannot predict what Gareth Southgate is going to do next. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's lineups has been yeah. has always surprised us during this tournament. Um, even starting with a back four. Um, a lot of people put it in their own teams of like who they think is going to start and how we're going to set up. A lot of people have gone with the back three and mm. as much as I'd love to see that because I think England are better with the back three, mm. I'm not sure if he's going to play that and I think it's going to be a completely different game. I think he probably will go for the back three. And let me just shout at Jack Wilshere because he knows ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he knows ball. Um, moving on to um, another another huge game um, in the in in the knockout stages, uh, we've got Portugal versus Belgium, a massive a massive uh, lineup. It's the current European champions with the uh, with the world number one ranked team. Um, it's it's Romelu Lukaku versus Cristiano Ronaldo. How's it going down? These are two elite strikers. Obviously, Ronaldo's got his heritage. He's got everything. He is Ronaldo. Uh, but Lukaku's had an incredible season and he's proven that he's big wrong. There's no messing around with him. <laughs> so how do you think this is going to go down? Who do you think is going to be the... the who's, going to, who's going to finish on the most goals and who's going to make the biggest impact on this game? This is the tie of the round. <laughs> this last 16, big wrong against big run. <laughs> yeah. You know that <laughs> you know five goals for Cristiano Ronaldo, three for Romelu Lukaku. Ronaldo's equaled Diaz's record in European Championship football. Hmm, it's an interesting one. Portugal have had the acid tests of France, Germany. Belgium have sort of coasted through the group stages, I would say, apart from that little hiccup against Denmark when they went a goal behind and 
obviously Kevin De Bruyne came on to do his stuff, but I sort of look at them as a team of two halves almost. Great going forward defensively. They've got a lot of players that are coming towards the end of their careers. You know, Jan Vertonghen, Toby Alderweireld, Thomas Vermeilen. And I just think if you mesh that up against Diego Jota, you know, Bruno Fernandes, it can be dangerous. Um, if I was to make a prediction on the game, oh, it's a tough one. I think Portugal will go through. I think Portugal will go through. That's what my gut feeling is saying. Uh, that would be a nightmare for Belgium. I think the manager, um, Roberto Martinez, if that happened, will be under serious pressure because I think, for me, Belgium has to go to the semi-finals minimum. I think they've got all the players. This is their golden era. They've probably all got one more tournament together to have a big push, but I think this tournament, they have to deliver. And I mean, big Rome. What what a striker! I mean, he's just rolling defenders. <laughs> Once he pins you, you're oh, pinning like you're gone. Don't even try. And you can argue that you know, outside of Lewandowski, these are probably the best two goal scorers in the world. Of course, with Lewandowski in there as well. So it's going to be an interesting watch. I think it'll be a tight match. I do think it'll go to extra time, and I think Belgium will probably just nick it. I'm being honest. It's a good shout. It's a good shout. And it's very evening poised. Like Portugal have a solid team. Um, they know exactly how they want to play and how they're going to play. Um, Belgium obviously have that incredible golden generation, but they are carrying a couple of knocks. Not everyone's fully fit, not everyone's fully fresh. So it is really quite tough to tough to call. I, my heart is saying Belgium. Uh, my head is saying that you cannot write off Portugal at all. Not with a, a somewhat solid-ish defence, um, a solid team, I'll definitely say that for sure. And Ronaldo on the other end of the pitch to stick some stuff away. Like it I, is these are the differences. Like I just think Ronaldo's mentality alone can carry Portugal through. And that's my big worry for Belgium. If Ronaldo gets going, if he scores a goal, if the support act deliver the way they need to deliver Diego Jotas, Bruno Fernandes, Jao Felix, we haven't even seen much of him in this tournament and what a player he is. So I think it's going to be a tough, tight game, but I think maybe Ronaldo's mentality might, you know, get over the line. But also, Rom has know. that mentality. Know. Rom, he's like an elite finisher. We've <laughs> seen it in Italy. You can see the way G's on his teammates. He's on a one-man crusade. Like, he's not saying, you know, this team is about Kevin De Bruyne, Eden Hazard. What about me? I'm a world-class striker. So, whoever wins that duel head-to-head is probably going to come out on top, but the big thing that Romelu Lukaku has is he's got the best midfield in the world servicing him, Kevin De Bruyne. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. But there's exactly. an argument made, you know, Bruno Fernandes, he's one of the best... In I, big I, games, I, though. In I, big I, games, I, yeah. big game <laughs> You know, he's got this... <laughs> this is no, a big game. <laughs> that we probably got the best midfielder in terms of goal contributions in the world in Bruno Fernandes. So... It's gonna be it's gonna be a battle and it's gonna be a great game. I would say the winner of this probably obviously France is still there, but they'll have a massive chance of winning it. But that that half of the the sixteen is particularly stacked, you know, with quality. So it's a real it's gonna be a real battle to get to the final. Talking about the final, who do you think is actually going to make it to the final? Who's your favorite to win the Euros? Yeah. You know what? I'm not convinced. I know a lot of people have been blowing their trumpet. Netherlands, like, they've got a good route. 
they can sneak into a final without really playing. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> it's a big shout. <laughs> they just... Because I believe if they get through to the semi-final, they can potentially play England or Germany, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. Like, <laughs> I think you got the Swedens and <laughs> um, yeah, Sweden and yeah, Ukraine. They, I believe they're, they're they're nice. So I would not be surprised if we see Netherlands sneaking into a, a, a European Championship final here. That'd be incredible. That'd be. I incredible. think the thing with the Netherlands is, as I said, they've got defensive deficiencies, and when you look at the group they've had, you know they'll go and hammer and tongs. Blowing two goal leads. Yes, it's exciting football, <laughs> but I don't think it's sustainable football in a game where, you know, a one-off game sort of thing. And as I said, if they had Van Dijk, I would really be backing them to maybe make the final. But I still think whoever comes through that England and Germany group, they're more than favourites to make it through to the final. That'd be incredible. From so that so half. So you think that, uh, do you think that England's got a, like yeah, like you, you outlined the route. The route is is not too bad. Um, do you think England could have a good chance of making it to the final? England versus Holland would be quite the semi final. Netherlands even. Yeah, I think that's the the favourites to happen. Whoever wins out of England and Germany, you would hang your hat on them. Obviously, getting through to that route because I believe in the quarter final would it be England versus? I'm not sure who the. Uh, yeah, I think Sweden or Ukraine. Sweden, yeah. Sweden yeah, or yeah. Ukraine. So you back England, England versus to... Ukraine. That'd be such a good game. And even people are talking about England versus Wales as a potential semi-final. But I think can England win the Euros? You're going to have to see it to believe it. We've been down this road <laughs> many times where there's overly optimism, but you know, I, I'm not sure. I just think that other half is is too strong and too stacked in this time. And I think England, like the average age of the squad is what, 25? Yeah. This is a lot of players' first tournament. So even if you can get to a semi-final and match what they've done in the World Cup, that would still be a brilliant achievement. But it's on home soil. That's the big difference in front of 45,000 fans. So, yeah. I think it's really tough to say. I think if Southgate gets the, the lineup right, gets the tactics right, it's easy for me saying that, you know, sitting here, but play the players that actually deliver performances. Don't play the players that are not performing. For example, Bakaya Saka should be starting for the rest of the tournament because he delivered a fantastic performance in his previous game. And I think Jack Grealish, you know how big I am on him, the best English player. He has to start. <laughs> like It just doesn't make sense not to start them. So, yes, potentially if we beat Germany, you can say, yeah, whew, we can get to the final. But this is England, and we all know England. Mm. So, <laughs> and it's that psychological sort of barrier. Like, we've seen it many, many times, and I'm sure Gareth Southgate will be saying in the change room because famously he missed that penalty. So he might be using that as a point of reference just to motivate the boys to, to overcome this barrier. And, you know, don't be surprised if this game goes into penalties. I, I won't be surprised at all. Yeah. Oh. When 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 do we win a big game at a major competition? <laughs> that's the that's the big question mark. Yeah, you can say dot. You're being negative, but I'm being realistic. Are are we gonna beat Germany? Germany no, have the no. Germany have the history, the lineage, and everything going in their favor. But when you look at this group of, I was watching the game against Hungary, and every time Tony Cruz got the ball, 
there was no sort of cohesion. They're not a coherent team at the moment. And I think England's pragmatism could serve them well. And we've seen pragmatism teams that have won tournaments. You know, the last Euros, Portugal played a very, you know, very negative style of football. They weren't expansive and they ended up winning the tournament. So it's not all about flying forward, scoring multiple goals. England at the moment look balanced. There's a solid foundation and it's a team probably set up to nick a game 1-0 or 2-1. So Yeah, but there's the last one on this. That's my worry. What you're saying is my worry about Germany. They haven't looked amazing. When you watch them against Hungary, they look average. But against England, that's when everything clicks. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm trying to say? So that is my big worry. Yes, Germany haven't been amazing, but you know that they've got a big performance in them. And my problem is it happens against England way too many times. And the caveat, true. though, is that obviously Germany have had the tougher group. So it's difficult to look good against those big teams. And it's probably better preparation rather than... Because when you talk about France, Portugal, these are tier one teams. In England's group, Croatia, probably fringe tier two, tier three, Scotland, tier four, Czech Republic, tier three. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a great mix. And I'm definitely going to be tuning in with my popcorn. Wait to see what happens. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, last one, because we haven't answered it and I need an answer. Who is going to be in that Euros final? Who versus who? And then who's winning? It's going to be Italy Ooh. versus Germany or Netherlands. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go France. Versus Netherlands. Wow. I like this. I like this. You say Netherlands. I'm going to sneak that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think France versus Holland. Okay, so if that, That's where... If, uh, in, in, in terms of Deji scenario, that's where I only see one winner because I think once this Netherlands team come up against real quality, real pace, they're really going to get taught a lesson. And I see <laughs> that time will only end in one way if that actually happens. <laughs> So do you see the same dash as like any any one way that France win if it gets to France versus the Netherlands? Obviously, it's a one-off game. You can never rule an opposition out. But I think in terms of what I was saying about pragmatism, Holland only know how to play one way. And I compare them against Leeds. And Leeds are a team that, you know, when they come up against better opposition, more often than not, you know, they do come out short. But... Yeah, I would say France will be massive favourites in that game. I mean, Mbappe, Benzema, Pogba pulling the strings from deep, Kante, like, it's, it's too much. It's too much. So that's a France win. Dark, um, Italy versus Netherlands. Who's winning that? I think I said Italy versus Germany. Germany, sorry, yeah. yeah or Netherlands. <laughs> um, I'm buying into the hype, man. I'm buying into the Italy hype. Let's know. go. Yeah. <laughs> They were my dark horses. 11 clean sheets in a row, 30 games unbeaten. I mean, that post match press conference that Mancini gave with his blazer behind Come him. on. This is a guy that knows he's winning the European. Championship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Italy. <laughs> I love that. I love it. That's incredible. That's a good shout. Either way, I think it'd be a fantastic tournament if we saw it come out that way. But we'll have to wait and see. That's all we've got time for today, but thank you so much. Thank you both guys, that was amazing. And uh, thank you also for listening and watching along as well. We'll be back very soon. 
um, for another Euros podcast, another Euros roundup, and hopefully we'll have all the drama. Hopefully England wins. That'll be absolutely mental, but we'll have to wait and see. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you very soon. From myself, Ola, it's over and out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.